Welcome to The Empathetic Man. My name is Sethi Hillier, and I'm joined with Namesh Gupta, and together we are going to help explore how you as a man can be more empathetic. Each week, we are going to dive into a topic that may relate to your relationship with your spouse, your kids, or just life in general. We are looking forward to your engagement and your feedback, so let us know through your comments what other questions we can tackle, and we hope you enjoy this week's episode. So we're back. It's Namesh and Sethi, and we are a few episodes in, and we're, we're getting our flow and really enjoying what we're doing. And we've been talking a lot, if not uh, everything, about empathy. And before kind of digging deeper into topics around how to be an empathetic man, we are taking this opportunity to step back and define what empathy actually is. I think there are a lot of assumptions, a lot of predefined definitions based on your past, based on what you're doing right now that you think and we think empathy is. And we thought it'd be great to just uncover what empathy means. And we wanted to break down this episode into three parts. One is by first giving the listeners an idea of how each of us individually think empathy is. There's no right or wrong answer, but just giving you an understanding of of how we think about it and why we speak about it in a certain way. Number two is talking about why we're so interested in it. You know, we're, we're carving out time to, to, to really dig deep into this, this heavy topic of empathy. Why are we so interested in it? And the last part is going to be around what the expectations are of people that we talk to that may not be empathetic or may just be disinterested in the concept of empathy and how to handle that and how to manage expectations. So with that, I'll dish it off to Sethi to address this first part about what he actually thinks empathy is. Yeah, thanks, man. And yeah, great to, I think, again, start at the foundation, which is really what we're trying to do, right? We want to make people more empathetic. We want to really define, you know, what it's like to be an empathetic man. So I think it starts with, well, what is empathy? And I'll start with, you know, if I just Googled it and I look for the, de- de- the definition in the dictionary, it says the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. But when I think about empathy, you know, for me, I always kind of struggled because there's, there's these different words. There's apathy, there's sympathy, there's empathy. It's like, which one is which? And it all kind of, I think, really came to a like a point of clarity when I had a chance to talk to a lady just about things going on in my life, and I was also involved. Um, you know, I had an opportunity to like have some kind of one-on-one time, but also in ta- involve my wife, and it was really good because for me, having like a, a third party there to actually listen to us discuss things started to allow me to, um, you know, hear another person's perspective. And I remember one thing that she said that still to this day, I always think about, which is perception rules. And what she was saying by that was that everyone has their own perception of what's happened or what is happening. And it's my job to remember that when I'm having a conversation with something, someone, that yeah, that perception, it rules. And even though I have this idea in my mind what happened and what I think should be the outcome, 
Well, the other person on their side also has that. And so for me, empathy and the way I define empathy and the way I live through empathy is to just always remember that there is another perception here that is not necessarily right or wrong. It's just different. And I have to be mindful of that different perception. And so that when I do do something, it's important for me to kind of just take a moment to not be so reactive, but to maybe process what's going on and process the fact that, hey, their perception is most likely different than mine. And it would be beneficial for me to just hear them out to understand and maybe try to wrap my head around what they're thinking so that I don't just dive into like, well, it's my way or I'm right or blah, 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 blah. But if anything to say, oh, okay, you know what? Now that I understand how you're seeing things and how you're feeling, it's making me a little bit more open-minded to how I want to approach this. So that's how I see empathy. It's just a way for me to understand that perception rules and everyone has their own perception. And before I just start to unload on what I think, to just be mindful of what their perception is, be a little bit more understanding of what it is, maybe where it's coming from, and then as a result, into, into a more hopefully constructive conversation. Yeah, I like that. I, I like that. And I think my definition is, is very similar, and I think that's why we've had such productive conversations around it. And I, like you, started Googling and trying to figure out what empathy was and I did, I did come across the, the definition you did. Um, in addition, I came across two, two parts. So one was empathy, just being putting yourself into someone else's shoes. And I think that's, I know how I was taught of what empathy was. And the thinking there is if you can put yourself into someone's shoes, you can then understand how it is they're feeling and you can then react in a certain way to them that best resonates with them to push a particular dialogue or issue forward. The second part, which I found most interesting, which is something I haven't thought about was empathy requires vicariousness. So we all hear the term living vicariously through others. Vicarious, and I and I looked that up on Google, vicarious means to experience in the imagination through the feelings or actions of another person. So to me, empathy not only requires stepping in someone's shoes, but once you have stepped in their shoes, to imagine as if they would imagine. So you can then relate to them on an even deeper level. Because I think it's not enough. I, well, I think it's a big step to be able to step in someone's shoes. But once you step in someone's shoes, you have to be able to imagine like they're imagining in order to really relate to them. So when I think of empathy, I had always thought about how do I put myself into that person's shoes so I can understand how they're thinking but this additional layer that I'm trying to now incorporate based on my research just over the past night is once stepping into their shoes, how do I then imagine like they do so I can better relate to them? That's awesome, dude. And I think what's really interesting about that is the connection of the, what you just said between 
being, you know, empathetic, but also living vicariously. And, and again, you know, I even know we talked about this a little bit before, which is we're not mind readers, right? It's hard to know what people are thinking. And so I think being empathetic, living vicariously through other people, it, it's a challenge. And, and I'd be interested to know, like, knowing that we can't read people's minds, like, how do you approach this sometimes when you are with people? You know, maybe some people you know better than others, so maybe it's a little bit easier, but what if it's also someone that you don't know so well? And that's tough. It's tough. And you hit a really key point in terms of we're not mind readers. And I think even on top of that, who are we to perhaps assume what others are going to do? Who, it, because it requires a level of judgment. But I will say that if you can really dig down deep into a person, you can start developing an idea of how they would imagine. And it, again, does go, go, go both ways because when we adopt the I'm not a mind reader mentality, it's, it's sometimes an explanation, but at, on, other, on the other hand, sometimes it's a cop-out, right? Yeah. <laughs> something where like, hey, well, I didn't know that. I don't know what I don't know. And you and I actually use that term a lot with each other in a business context. And I think sometimes it's, it's okay to use that explanation, but other times it's kind of like, well, why don't you take the time to really think about what it is, how it is I am and what it is I really do like. So there's no right or wrong answer, but the key point there that you addressed is we're not mind readers. So how do you then imagine for someone else? And the response on my end is if you really, really dig down deep and try to put yourself into the shoes of another and then start creating scenarios where you do imagine hypothetically, even you may be surprised to see what you, what you would find. So with that, I think the second topic and I'll dish it to you again to kind of, lead it off, Sethi, because you did a great job on the first part, is why are we so interested in taking all this time to think about empathy? Yeah, and I and again, even what you just said at the very end there about like, you know, I'm not a mind reader, that kind of, the, the fact that you said the word kappa, like that was the exact word I was thinking in my mind, which is, you know, it's it's not about kind of looking for an easy way out. To me, it's more about just developing the relationship and so why do i think empathy is important why do i think it's even worth all this time is because at the end of the day in my opinion i think relationships are the most important thing in the world like there's lots of different things that you can value and i think there's lots of different goals that you can have but i think the relationship between you and an individual that to me i feel like is what inherently makes us who we are Uh, like makes us human kind of sets us apart from really so many other things out there is because we have this ability to not just do amazing things with our minds and our bodies, but we have, I think, this ability to really connect with other people and create something special. And, you know, I was even just talking to my wife last night about, you know, what is kind of like, you know, why did I get married? And I told her, you know, the reason for me, like the reason I got married is because I knew that individually I can do some, you know, pretty amazing things in my opinion. But if I can 
find, you know, my quote unquote soulmate, my companion and to join forces, I just started to just imagine, wow, how much more can we do as this team? So I bring that up because I think, again, a lot of that is now going to be really dependent on how our relationship evolves over time. And I think empathy is so important because that is what I think keeps a relationship, not just together, but I think it allows a relationship to leapfrog into various levels. You know, a lot of times when you talk to people, especially people who you may not see that often, conversations feel kind of surface, right? It's very kind of small talk. How are things? How's, how, how's life? How's the weather? Yada, yada, yada. But once you start having these deeper conversations and you start asking each other questions that, you know, require the ability to be more vulnerable or the ability to kind of just be more open, you, you start to see things and you start to understand people in a different way. And I find things become just more interesting. And even these conversations that I've been having with you in the last couple of weeks, like I feel like, man, they're just so much more fulfilling in terms of just leaving that conversation than just kind of small talk. So I, I just kind of come coming full circle, in my opinion, the ability to kind of have a more empathetic mindset and be able to, again, see things through like their eyes and see things through their perspective and kind of quote unquote, wear their shoes like you mentioned, I feel like the goal is to then ultimately make the relationship more, more stronger, to be able to give this, this entity uh, an opportunity to be more powerful than it, it normally would be because you're now having more meaningful discussions and you're also having more caring discussions. Because I think in order to be you know, really empathetic, you have to, you have to care because it takes time, right? Like if I'm going to live vicariously through somebody, if I'm going to imagine what they're thinking, if I'm going to take the time to try to see through their lens, that's not just a quick exercise that, that requires me to spend some time to really, you know, get, become more just aware of my surroundings with that individual. And then all of a sudden it shows that like, well, you know, if I really care about this person, I'm going to do this because I want to make sure that I can give it the time and the attention and the energy it deserves. So it, you know, in a long kind of roundabout way, I, I see this as an opportunity to truly embrace a relationship, to truly grow a relationship. And to me, empathy and kind of seeing things through other people's eyes is an opportunity to show how much you care about that person so that you can truly create um, a more powerful bond. That's awesome. I, I really like that. And I, without kind of sounding redundant, I think by far one of the main reasons why I want to be more empathetic is to improve my relationship, to be able to really connect more with my spouse in this, in it, my spouse, not only my spouse, but with my friends, my colleagues, um, etc. I think the other part that I'll kind of introduce, which I've been thinking a lot about as we've been talking about these conversations and the underlying motivation for why I am trying to be more empathetic is one thing I've found about myself is that I'm an extremely passionate person. And I think passionate is just another word for someone who 
really gets, there's different definitions, but a passionate person really feels his or her highs and feels his or her lows, right? They ride the highs and they ride the lows. And what I found was, at least for me, sometimes when you're so passionate and you ride those highs too high or ride those lows too low, it creates this instability. And I know for me, as, as I, I have a, a child in a second on the way, one thing that I've been trying to do is improve how stable I am. And to improve how stable you are, you need to be able to control your emotions. And one part of controlling your emotions, a lot of your emotions are actually caused by the actions of others. So if you really think about it, when you go through the day, you have a certain temperament, but a lot of that temperament is affected through communications or interactions with various people, whether it's in person, whether it's on the phone, whether it's through the internet. And for me, what empathy is enabling me to do is by really making an effort to understand others, and it depends on the person how much time I'll really invest, but I then am able to control my emotions a lot better. And it ranges the gamut. So a few examples from someone who may, you know, flip you off when you're driving on the freeway. And we've heard this example before, instead of reciprocating and engaging in some type of road rage, try to just assess, hey, look, that person may be having a bad day and assigning some type of probability to the, to the actual fact that they may be having a bad day. It may actually be, be the case that they're just not a nice person and that is what it is to all the way on the other side to, you know, if your, your wife comes home and she's in a very bad mood because of something that happened at work by you trying to understand her situation and making it about her instinctively, you won't make it about you and say, wow, I can't believe she yelled at me like that. It's more about, okay, well, what is she going through? Why is she feeling the way she's feeling? And by going through that analysis, you then are able to control your emotions and be more even keeled. So to kind of close the loop on that, for me, I realized I want to be more in control of my emotions and what empathy has enabled me to do or is enabling me to do is by understanding others, then controlling how it affects me. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I love that controlling your emotions because of anything like, I feel like that's something I keep thinking or saying to like my kids lately, especially as they get older is, you know, they'll get so worked up on something. And yeah, if anything, I'm trying to figure out how can they better control their emotions. But I think what's really interesting is it doesn't stop at childhood. Like it happens throughout your entire life. And the fact that you are able to make that correlation and be able to understand like, yeah, when situations happen and you have that passionate high or passionate low, it can really negatively affect your emotions. Then all of a sudden you kind of feel unstable. So I think it's really actually really great that you're approaching that topic and that experience in this way, because um, I think it's something that everyone faces kids, you know, teenagers, adults, and it's a really tough challenge. And to be able to 
hopefully use empathy as a way to not necessarily negate your emotions. Cause I do think, you know, the fact that we can feel the highs and the fact that we can feel the lows, I think it does make us human. I think it's something that we should enjoy. And I don't think we want to live our life like completely numb, but I think you're right. Like what is that balance? Like how do you ride that wave without being so, you know, irked that you end up like reacting in like these negative ways, such as the road rage or things like that. So I actually think this is also a good point because you and I, I think are definitely becoming very aware of the importance of empathy and how to demonstrate it. And I think you and I both can agree, like we're always improving, but how would you approach this with people who aren't empathetic? right? Like whether it's your kids or people you're talking to, and maybe they don't have the same awareness. You know, again, you kind of talked about expectation earlier. I'd love to kind of get your perspective on like, how do you handle empathy with people who are not empathetic in return? Yeah, it's tough. And I really wanted to talk about this third piece because it's almost like if I'm investing so much time into becoming a better person for myself and for, for society, why is society reciprocating? And the way that I'm kind of working through this is twofold. So one is when you do encounter folks that are just not empathetic nor care to be, you almost have to be empathetic enough to put yourself into their shoes and to realize why it is they're not being empathetic, right? Like it's just kind of this interesting analysis where you have to dig deep and understand why is it that they, they are the way they are. And what you'll find, which is the second part, is <clears throat> some people, and a, some people just use this word or this phrase like, I am who I am. If you like me, you mm -hmm. like me. If you don't like me, you don't like me. And for me, that's a big red flag because if you are who you are, you're pretty much saying, I am not going to be, I'm not going to be accommodating to your needs. And this relationship is going to go round only if you accept me for how I am. And I, I have, it, it's difficult for me to really get involved with those types of people. Now, I think what happens is it becomes even more challenging when those types of people are, are kind of forced upon you, whether they're, you know, your family or, or what have you. So I'm still working through that, but to answer your question, the best that I have so far, and I'm very curious to hear what you have on this, is people are not empathetic for a direct or indirect reason, and sometimes it's up, for, it's up to you to find out why it is the case and just then be okay with it and control how much that person will have an impact or be exposed to your life. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really, I, I like kind of how you said that it's like in the, in the presence of people who are not very empathetic, it's like you are actually trying to become even more empathetic. So hopefully you can kind of like, you know, create so much empathy in the room that maybe they'll, they'll kind of catch wind or something. But look, I, I think for me, um, I think there's a couple of ways that I, I kind of approach this. I think one is, Again, I don't think this is easy. I think being able to truly, you know, take a step back, process the way you're feeling, and then to process somebody else's feelings and try to then put your, you know, put their lenses on for a moment. 
I, I, it sounds easy, but I don't think it's easy at all. And again, I think it's something that even I still continually like work on and struggle through. And so I think with that being said, because the bar is so high to achieve empathy, I think I kind of come, I usually kind of go into the situation thinking, you know, if it's there, awesome. But if it's not, I'm going to try to not have expectations and empathy and expectations, I think can somehow co go hand in hand. I mean, they both start with E, so there's some similarities already. But I would say this, like, you know, expectations, I think, can be something that can truly, truly cause a lot of turmoil because all of a sudden it's like this person that you're talking to is being expected to do something that they may or may not even know. And if they don't do it, all of a sudden they're being judged or criticized either, you know, directly or indirectly. And so... Um, what I've been trying to do, and I got um, some learning from my father-in-law, which I thought was really quite, quite compelling, which was, you know, we're all born in this world. And the fact that we're here, like, we've been given this amazing shot, this amazing opportunity. And, and so like, pretty much in terms of, you know, what was owed to us has already been owed, has been given. Like, they were born, you know, we got the best gift we can imagine. We got life. And now every day onward is a, is a bonus. So if I get something, if I get that new job, a new car, if I get that girlfriend or wife or whatnot, like all these things are bonuses. These are just things that were never owed to us. They were just things that we were able to, you know, somehow uh, manifest. And I think it's really important. And so when I was told this, all of a sudden I started thinking about like, wow, you know, like that's a really interesting way to approach life because you know, when I do ask for something and I don't get it, I sometimes will get annoyed and I'll be like, man, I, I expected you to do this and you did it. But when I started thinking about that, all of a sudden I started realizing, well, you know, at the end of the day, like no one owes me anything. Like I, I've already been given what I've been owed or what I th thought I owed, which was life. And now everything is just something that hopefully I will be able to, you know, enjoy and experience through the way I live my life. And so I think going back to empathy, like in these situations, when I deal with people who I might find not as empathetic, I think I just have to remind myself, like, look, no one owes me empathy. Like, that's not their job. My job, you know, they're, you know, they're doing their life. I'm doing my life. And I can't, I can't expect them to come to me and kind of treat me the same way. I think what I can do, though, is I can try to be as empathetic as possible, like kind of how you even mentioned, like maybe try to fill the room with as much empathy as possible. And then hopefully through that exercise, I am demonstrating a way of how I handle situations that resonates or maybe inspires them. So it's kind of like if I can be that role model and hopefully through an exchange, they can say, oh, you know, I noticed that when things like when people cut set the off or when something bad happens, I don't see him blow up. I don't see him get all out of, you know, bent out of shape and react. I kind of see him assess the situation you know, and he ends up, you know, kind of maintaining his cool and, you know, just works through it. And I like that because I know for me, I get really upset or reactive when something like that happens and it causes all of this pain and frustration. And I end up walking away more annoyed than probably the person who caused the problem, right? Like how many times have you been in a situation where someone says something to you, you get so worked up and you're like dwelling on it for days, hours uh, you know, weeks. And I bet you that person doesn't even know anymore. Like didn't even care. Like they've already moved on. 
And so it's, it's just really funny how like we can get, we can let things impact us so much and we're the only ones suffering. And so again, I think kind of the way I try to approach this is, you know, again, I, it's hard to not have expectations, but I really try to remind myself like, look, no one owes me anything. And then two, like in a situation, I'm going to try to just inspire and be the example and maybe be more empathetic so that people can see that, Hey, like Sethi's not really getting worked up and he's able to, you know, have a good conversation with people who are, you know, kind and people who are not kind. And then hopefully through that, it allows those people in the room to also start to maybe make some small changes in their lifestyle so that they can become more empathetic or more um, compassionate. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I think with that, I think we've discussed a lot. I think one action item that we could kind of suggest, which I think has helped me out is, you know, we've realized that empathy does require really trying to put yourself into someone else's shoes, understanding where they're coming from. So the, the challenge here or the action item is next time you are with your spouse and she has or he has been talking to you about something that may have been bothering them and you've kind of heard them talking about it several times, try to really dig deep into that issue with just a bunch of whys, right? Like, so for example, if it's an issue at work, so, you know, you were mentioning that issue at work the other day, why are you feeling the way you're feeling? And then after that response, digging deeper into understanding the context and digging deeper, deeper, deeper until you have put yourself fully into your partner's shoes that you're kind of almost living what she or he is living and try that for a particular topic that you think has been hanging over the head of your spouse. And I think that's a good way to really exercise, if you haven't already, just a, a way to practice empathy. Does that make sense? I love it. The five whys, man. That's a great, great uh, tactic. Yeah, the five whys. Cool, awesome. Well, this was a great episode and looking forward to doing more of them. Awesome, bye everyone.